Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, church. How are you? Man, some of you are still asleep. How are you, church? Give me some love now. And I love you guys. So glad you're here today. You know, it's, a, it's been an amazing week, uh, to say the least. And we got to celebrate Easter last week. And just an amazing, amazing time. And, and I want to say, if you were here last week, thank you for coming and celebrating Easter at Freedom Church. And also, uh, we're just so thankful that you're back today. And also, uh, what's amazing about last week is, and I'll share with you, uh, last week we had almost 1,700 people in here celebrating Easter with for Jesus, celebrating the risen Jesus Christ. But here's what gets better: we had 30 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. We need to lift the roof off the place, church. All right. We baptized 23 people last Easter Sunday morning. So we give God praise, honor, and glory. Uh, last week, I started a series of messages we're calling Ever Wonder Why, because I think we all agree the last, just the last couple of years has been, the, to say the least, probably the roughest years that all of us have ever had. Just, just the, would you say just the unknown, would you say with that? The unknown of what's taking place. And um, so I know it's been tough on everybody here on the sound of my voice. Those of you online, I know it's tough on you as well. But I think it's okay to ask God some questions because God's got big shoulders because God is God. And so last week I started off talking about, does God really love me? And if you weren't able to be here or you weren't a part of that, please go back and listen to that message and, and let God speak to your heart. He really does love you. He loves me. He loves everybody. And so, you know, you can go to our app or to our website or, or wherever. You can go to our YouTube channel. But anyway... Um, we're going to continue on with this today. And, and, you know, I remember in the early days of our church, especially when we were in the high school, we met in Hendersonville High School for four and a half years, set up and tore down the ministry every week. And uh, I remember distinctively, I would always go up to the church and before I would preach or at the end of the service or something, and I would do this. And so I want you, those of you that's been around, and I've done it here as well, I want you to respond when I say this because I think you're going to know what to say. God is good. And all the time, that's it, you know, because he is. But sometimes when things happen in our lives, and don't raise your hand, but sometimes we doubt that. Maybe you lost the best job you ever had and you couldn't figure out why COVID wanted to do that to you, why God would have allowed COVID and you lost the best job, best career job you ever had. Or maybe you're still, even as an adult, you still have times of hurting and thinking, why, you're, why did my parents ever get a divorce? Why am I making sense out of four families, so to speak? I mean, you know, you got four Christmases to go to, four different birthdays, or how many kids it is and all that. You're still trying to, trying to make sense of all that. Maybe it's a situation where that your spouse left and you were high school sweethearts. And you're wondering, how much longer 
am I going to have to be lonely? Or maybe, God forbid, you lost a loved one that you never saw it coming. And you're still questioning God. But God, why did you let that happen? God is good all the time. But so many times we doubt. And you say, well, why do we doubt? Because we all deal with problems in life. All of us do. We're either coming out of a problem, we're in a problem, or there's a problem coming at us that we haven't even dealt with yet. So it can end up getting you to be very despondent, very depressed, or when you face temptations in life and every day, you say, man, I'm trying to do good, I'm trying hard, you know, and sometimes you're just not happy. And then on top of that, looking at our own world and our own circle of life, then you look at the world and say, if God is so good, then why does he let these children starve? If God is so good, why do I look on the news at the Ukrainian war and I see civilians just living their lives and they're just killed all of a sudden by a missile? We always want to have those questions in the back of our mind and we have those doubts in the back of our mind. And, and then the thing about it is we just look and say, just bottom line, why, God, why would you let innocent people suffer? Why does God today, as we'll talk about, why does God allow bad things to happen? So I want to ask you to do me a favor. Um, I will ask you to stand to your feet and we're going to pray together. Then we'll jump into the word. Would you do that for me, please? Father, we come in your presence right now, God, and we invite the power of the Holy Spirit to engulf this place, every heart, every life. God, speak to us today. Help us to have the fullest of understanding of who you are and who you can be in our lives. Help us to understand, God, that bad things happen, God, but maybe look at it from the perspective, God, of understanding your word and why this takes place, God. God, I pray for every hurting heart that's here today, God, that you would speak to them, love them, and bless them immensely. Most of all, we pray, God, and invite the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in for someone that may not know you that's watching online or someone that's in this beautiful auditorium. And I pray, God, today will be their day of salvation. We love you and we honor you. In the name of Jesus, we all say, amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much. There's a fact here that we're going to look at in John's gospel. And I talked about John last week, and John being the one that Jesus loved. He referred to himself three times in the Gospels with that. But look what it says in John 3, which is uh, just a few verses after John 3.16. Look what it says with verses 19 through 21. It says, and the judgment is based on this fact. Say fact. It says that God's light came into the world. But people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were, what was it, what's that word? Their actions were evil, see? It says, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see they are doing what God wants. See, when you think about the sinful actions of evil people, understanding that sin is where that you would miss the mark of what God would want you to do, sin is ultimately selfish. And people think, I'll do what I want to, when I want to, how I want to, and who I want to, too. And with that being said, so what ends up happening 
when we miss the mark, we're having and doing sinful things. Sin not only hurts us, but sin hurts other people. Evil and suffering, here's what I want you to understand. Evil and suffering is not something that's contrary to the Bible. Sin and suffering is something that is central to when we read the Bible. We read all through the scriptures of how that evil and suffering is central in the story of the Bible. So when it comes to Christianity, Christianity makes sense of, it gives meaning to, and it offers a solution to the evil and suffering that we experience in our life. That's what Christianity does. And, and you miss that and you live in a world that hurts so bad. But when you become a Christian and you have the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you will have a sense of understanding as God leads you through the relationship that you have with him. See, I, you should look at the Bible here. The Bible does never avoids pain. It does not avoid any kind of evil or suffering. There are countless expressions in the word of God. You will see anguish. You will see all kinds of confusion. You will see rage. You will see suffering. You will see all kinds of pain. You look at the Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah. He's considered a weeping prophet. And when you read, he's in there and he's wailing to the unrepentant of the people of God and how they will not repent and turn from their evil ways. You look at David, King David. He was considered and says in the word of God that he is a man after God's own heart. But yet you see in the Psalms where he's crying and say, are you listening, God? Do you even care, God? We fast forward and we move over to the New Testament. And you see John the Baptist, who is to be the one that's preparing the way for Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And then after he does his great job of his purpose of doing that, he finds himself in prison for speaking truth. Jesus could have bailed him out of jail. Jesus could have probably went and did anything he wanted to because he was God in the flesh. But yet, he suffers and dies by being beheaded. What a puzzling story. And we ask, why? His sole purpose was fulfilled, and, but yet, he dies by beheading. Now we go to the Psalms, and you look at the Psalms, it's not just David writing there. There is a particular person, his name is Asaph. Asaph, in particular, is accredited to 12 of the Psalms, but also he is a worship leader. Well, if he's a worship leader today, he would be the guy that's wearing skinny jeans and the long t-shirts and all the things like that. But anyway... But no, he is a choir leader. He is a poet. He is a prophet for the tabernacle. And here's the thing about it with Asaph. When you read and study the 12 Psalms that he has, he is very close to God. But he said this, I am starting to stumble. You think, you mean, this guy's attributed to the Bible and he's wrote scripture and he's saying that he is stumbling? See, he's complaining that the wicked who would do wrong, seemed to be getting blessed, and he didn't understand where God was. Kind of like you and I sometimes. Maybe you consider yourself a mature Christian. But I think there's times that you and I are like Asaph. We wonder, why in the world, God, would you bless the wicked? And we try to do our very best, and sometimes that we end up suffering trying to serve and love and live for you God and we sometimes wonder where are you God in this situation or that situation 
Listen to what Asaph says here in Psalm 73, verses 11 through 14. He says, what does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Here this worship leader is living in doubt. Where is God? Why is he letting this take place? Why is he letting it go on? I thought God loved me. Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? There's a few questions we can address. If God is loving, then why would he allow suffering? If God is truly loving, why would he allow suffering? Why would he allow so much pain and anguish and suffering that's going on everywhere? Well, here's something I want you to do for me. I want you to think. Look at the person next to you and say, think. Tell them, say, think. I not only want you to have an open mind, but I want you to think logically. You say, what do you mean? If love is a choice, then suffering is a possibility. You say, what do you mean? Think logically with it. If it's possible to love, it's also possible to hurt. And you're thinking, why is that? Because the only way love is possible is that we have a choice. We have free will. Free will. And you say, what do you mean by that? Free will is the ability for you and I to be able to make a choice. A free will is the ability for you and I to be able to choose in our life. We can choose to love or we can use to choose to hate. We can choose to do what is right or we can choose and make the choice to do that which is wrong or what makes something evil and suffering possible because of our choice. Now, God allows us to make our own choices. He's given every single one of us free will. God made us in his likeness. God made us in his image and to have freedom to decide how we're going to act. He gave us the ability to make all kinds of choices throughout our life. You can do what you want to, when you want to, how you want to, and who you want to with. God gave that to you. That is a beautiful thing. It can be life's greatest blessing or it can be your life's greatest curse as well. People, all of us, and includes all of us, are often we make self-centered, selfish decisions and evil choices. And because of that, people get hurt. Let me ask this question. How many of you have ever hurt somebody because of a choice that you made? Raise your hand. I will be the first to raise my hand. Now, how many of you here have ever been hurt because of a choice that somebody else made? Raise your hand. See, that's all of us. That's all of us. It's unanimous in the house today. Why did God give us free will if we're going to deal with this? The only way love is possible is for God to give us free will. God didn't want to make us a marinetti on a string. God did not make us to be a robot. Because if he had done that, we would not have a choice to make our own choices to love or to hate or right or wrong. He gave us the choice of free will so that you and I would be given the opportunity to be able to make God the Lord of our life through Jesus Christ. We make that choice to love God back because God has loved us first because God is what? He's also God is love. God is good and God is love. So in order to have freedom to be able to choose love and freedom to choose evil, and when we choose evil, we choose sin, what does that do? That sin leads to pain, it leads to suffering, it leads to anguish. 
However, for God to be able to remove evil and suffering, he would have to remove our freedom to be able to choose or remove us in the entirety. But here's a question that very rarely gets asked. If there's no God, who decides that there are, there's evil? If there's no God. Now, I have one brother. He's about five years older than me. And I don't want you to think bad of my brother because I tell brother stories a lot. He's the only brother I got. So um, when I was little, I was the one that got in trouble all the time. My, name was, my nickname was Terrible Terrell. When my parents had friends, but they loved seeing my parents, but they didn't like seeing me coming to their house. That's just being honest. That's just the truth. <laughs> the way it was. Because I would get into everything and do everything. But anyway, my brother and I, I was the one that always got in trouble, but my brother was the one would help to get me in trouble because he was very sneaky. He was the one that looked like the good big brother, and the little brother was the bad brother. But so if we would do things, I would threaten to tell mom and dad. Well, he would try to manipulate that and he'd say I'm going to go tell mom and dad I'd say no I'm going to tell mom and dad so we would try to get to mom and dad for me to try to tell them first to get my story in on with mom and dad but think about this from this perspective what if there were no parents what if there were no rules you say where are you going to with this there has to be an authority to have a standard If there is no God, then there's no moral point of reference. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say yes. If there is no God, then who determines what is God and and, and who is God and what is good and what is evil? There's got to be a moral point of reference. If we're honest, we can't use the presence of evil and suffering as proof that God doesn't exist, nor the reality of being our belief in evil and suffering is more that proof that God does exist. Well, pastor, I get what you're trying to say there. (laughs) If you suffer, that means God doesn't love you. No, no, no. Suffering isn't evidence of a lack of love. We see that every day. We see it every day. Pain and suffering. But yet, I don't know about you, but I've seen God show up and show out so many times in situations that I was just blew me away that he would do the great miracles that he does. Now, when you think about pain and, and, and going through pain, that's I, I, something that I have dealt with. How many of you here are like me? You deal with back pain. Anybody raise your hand, you deal with back pain? A lot of people. Man, I've been dealing with it for several years, and I've tried almost everything other than I just haven't went to have surgery yet. But I've tried everything. So my physical therapist has tried something new with me. It's called dry needling. How many of you have ever had dry needling done? Yes, doesn't feel so good, does it? As a matter of fact, you know, it doesn't look very good either. Right here's a picture of me having these needles put in my back. Check that out. Those needles are in my back up to an inch and a half. And you're thinking, man, it doesn't feel so good. For people that's squeamish, you can take the picture off. But here's my point. They put those needles in there to try to get those muscles to relax and and try to not be so tense and and bring about the pain. And I've got all this pain going on. They're putting them in there and it's hurting and sometimes it's bleeding and I'm sore after that. And the thing about it is, why would I allow the physical therapist to hurt me like that? Because there's something better coming. I'm looking for something better. I go through that initial pain for something better that's coming. That's, That's like if you go to a counselor 
Many of you, have, you've probably been to a counselor before for situations in life. And, and sometimes when you go to a counselor, they take you into a difficult past, yet it brings up the pain of thinking about it. And you, 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 do they do that because they want to? Do they do that because they want to be cruel? Do they do that because they want to hurt you? No, no, no. The reason they do that is to get you there, to bring you to something better, to be an overcomer. It's like our parents' discipline. A child, whenever we're going to discipline a child, uh, my dad used to say, it hurts me worse than it hurts you. How many of you, how many of you heard that before, right? But then I became a parent, and then I realized that my dad was telling the truth. It hurt me more than ever to be able to, to, be able to discipline my daughters. But yet, well, you're not trying to whip your child. Hopefully, you're not doing that because you want to inflict pain on them. No, no, no. You're trying to be able to bring them about with discipline so something will be better, so that they won't get in trouble at school, so that they will make good grades at school, so they don't get caught up in some kind of being on drugs or get under the wrong influence and end up in jail or worse than that, end up in prison. See, the presence of pain, just understand, is not the lack of love. In fact, oftentimes... The presence of real pain is the evidence of real love. So it brings us to another question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Think about that. How many of you have ever wondered that? Would you just raise your hand? Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the difficult, difficulty is to answer is is because here's the truth. Why do bad things happen to good people? The problem is there's none of us that's really good. The Bible tells us we're actually not good people. We're not good people. And you may say, well, I've got a good heart, Pastor. I've got a good heart. Well, I don't know about you, but I can't listen to my heart. You say, what do you mean? Because my heart may lead me to do some bad things. If you hurt people or you've said hurtful things and you've done simple things, I've done that. I've said simple things. I've done simple things. I've hurt people. I've done things I wish that I had never, ever done. And I've thought thoughts that I shouldn't should have never thought. And some of you are probably thinking, we're new here. We're going to find another church. This pastor is not for us. And here's what, let me let you in on something, okay? If any pastor is honest with you, you will go from church to church to church to church because everyone's hearts are deceitful. What I do is that I've got to, I cannot listen to my heart. You don't need to listen to your heart. We want to listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives because we are not good. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. There's not a single one of us in the house today or watching online that's actually good. In fact, there was only one who ever lived that was truly good and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the only one who was ever walked this earth. That was good and something bad only happened to someone good one time and Jesus volunteered. You see, God suffered and God surrendered his glory and Jesus, the son of God, was born into poverty. He was mocked 
as a child born to an unwed mom. He was rejected by his family. He was abandoned by his friends. He was falsely accused. He was wrongly imprisoned. He was beaten. He was tortured. He was stripped naked and he was hung shamefully on a cross. And worse than that, he became sin on the cross. In so doing, to take our sins as the heavenly father turned his back on him and he was separated from his father after a lifetime of perfect intimacy. Look what it says as he was, Jesus, these words while he was on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He cries out these words, seven different things if you would like to study it. I've studied an in-depth study on it. Seven different things that Jesus said on the cross. But these words he said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why did you leave me, God? Why did, where did you go? Why have you forsaken me? I didn't do anything wrong. I have served you faithfully, God. Jesus came and he suffered. Not because of something he done but because of all of our sinfulness. He felt more pain than we will ever feel while God the Father watched. My God, my God, why? He's crying out. He did that for me, and he did that for you. Jesus traded his innocence for our sinfulness. So another question, why does God allow suffering? Here's what I know. I, I, I can't answer to every situation. I don't care how spiritual you are, or how much of the word of God you can quote, and how close you feel to the Lord God in heaven. None of us can answer to every situation. None of us can do that. Not, it's not that God doesn't love you because a bad situation happens. As a matter of fact, we go back to the few previous verses, the most noted verse in the world, John three sixteen. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but they will have eternal life. See, God loves us so much. But the thing about it is, People don't realize how much that he took the misery. He took the suffering and he takes it so seriously. He was willing to let his only son, God was, take our pain. Take the pain that we should have been having. He took the sins that, that we were doing. Jesus knew it takes pain to have healing. Jesus knew it took death to have a resurrection. Jesus knew it took loss to be able to see a victory come about. For you and for me. And why is that? Because he knew, get this, something better was coming. He knew that the blessings for you and I, when we receive him as Lord and Savior, were coming. He knew that forgiveness of our sin was coming. He knew that we were going to have freedom in this life. When the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. He knew that we were going to be able to have purpose. He knew that we were going to be able to live out our plan through him. He knew that he was going to give us peace even though when there's turmoil in the world around us. He knew that he was going to give us joy even though we might experience suffering. The Bible says there will be suffering the Bible says that we will die, but also the Word of God says that we will rise, church. And that's what I'm excited about because it's not just about here and now. It's about eternity with God. That's God, church.
And here's what I'll tell you. Those who use their free will to follow Jesus, you are going to meet him in eternal glory. And here's what you will not do. You will not suffer anymore because there's a day coming that we get to check out of this life. And when you're a Christian, you know where you're checking in at. When you've been born again. In Revelation chapter 21, it says, John the Revelator here saying, he says, he will wipe away, talking about God, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And some people say, well, there'll be no crying in heaven. Oh, yeah, there's going to be crying in heaven. You're going to be so overwhelmed by the presence of Almighty God that your emotions, and in that moment, I think what God wants to do, and when I read this, I'm thinking that God is going to reach and He's going to give you the eternal joy. He's going to take away the tears of the past. He's going to give you the freedom of your future to spend eternity with God in a place where there's going to be no pain and no suffering, in a place where there's not going to be any sin and any sickness, in a place where there's not going to be children starving, in a place where there's not going to be any more death, in a place where that you're not going to have to worry about a thing called COVID, in a place where you're not going to have to worry about AIDS and cancer, in a place where you're going to have to worry about your parents being separated. You're not going to have to worry about a child dying prematurely. You're not going to have to worry about going through the pain of divorce. You're not going to have to worry about the loss of a job. You're not going to have to worry about anything anymore. When he wipes away the tears, you enter into the joy of the Lord forever because something better is coming, church. Listen to me. Something better is coming and this is God. No more loss. No more sickness. No more shame. No more death. No more grief. No more depression. No more abuse that we have to witness on this side of heaven. No more rejection. No more crying yourself to sleep because the pain is so bad. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I was thinking over the years of being in ministry, over 25 years. And I was talking to my wife, Shanda, and we were talking about the different things that we've witnessed over the years. You know, when you see friends that are mom and dad and they have a teenage, a teenager die tragically in an accident, <laughs> you can't give an answer why. You just can't. When you see a young girl that is molested by her dad, I can't give an answer for that. When you see a young mom, in particular a young mom that Shannon and I, we led her to the Lord. She prayed for salvation in my office. She's 25 years old. Sweet young mom. A three-year-old boy. And she was pregnant with her second child after that. And uh, during the pregnancy and being birthing a child, the, her daughter lived and she died at 25 years old. And one of the hardest things. I was doing this funeral I'll never forget this her little three year old boy at the burial 
they start letting the casket down. And the little boy goes over and he, he leans over. He looks down and says, don't go, Mom. Don't go, Mom. I don't have an answer for that. I had a friend in January, 47 years old, that succumbed to, to COVID. This guy helped everybody he knew. I don't have an answer for that. He left two daughters and his wife. Two daughters that won't have a dad to walk them down the aisle when they get married. Had another young man just this past fall here in our church. Heart attack. 42 years old. Gone. I don't have an answer for that. I could go on and on and on. Why? I can't answer it. And we may never know on this side of all of your stories that we could sit down and talk about. And then in any given moment, something's going to happen that's not fair. And in any given moment, something's going to happen that's not good. But here's what I know. Over a lifetime, walking with God, and I see pain. God is still good. Because something better is coming. Asaph that we were talking about earlier, he's asking, does God even know what's happening? Why should I keep my heart pure for nothing? There's trouble all day long. It seems like the morning brings pain, Asaph is talking about. Look what he goes on to say in Psalm 73. Verse 16 and 17. In verse 26. He said, so I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what is difficult, what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, oh God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Once again, the problem is, is that evil and suffering is not contrary to the Bible. It is a central, central to the story of, of the Bible. And more than anything else, here's what I want you to grab and I want you to, to grab onto is that Christianity makes sense of and gives meaning to and offers a solution to the evil and suffering that we all experience. So those of you that are suffering and hurting, here's what I will tell you. God hurts with you. And God loves you. And you know what he might very well do? He might even use it. Even the worst thing in your life, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but through it again, you go get through that, God will get you on the other side of it. And then you can see and look back. God was with me. And God took me through it. And that's God. Would you stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we praise your name today. And know, God, that everybody in this room and people that's watching online, we all hurt at times. And even in some of the worst times that we go through, God, sometimes we may even wonder, where are you, God? 
where are you, God? When you're walking through the thick of the pain and the agony, and the suffering and the doubt, God, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Something better is coming. Something better is coming, God. Right now as we continue praying, how many of you here, just be very honest, and no one's coming to you, I just want to ask you to lift your hand to this question because I want to pray for you and I want to pray with you. How many of you right now would just lift your hand and say, I am going through a tough time in the moment right now. I'm going through a tough time and I'm hurting. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Would you just lift your hand right now? God bless you. God bless you. God bless each of you. God bless each of you. I want to pray with you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful, God, for these people that were vulnerable enough to lift their hand and say, Pastor, I'm having a tough time. Well, that's all of us. There's times that we do have tough times. And there's courses of actions that people do that causes us pain. And sometimes it's our own doing. Sometimes it's in the realm of not understanding. God, right now, Lord, I pray for each of these that lifted their hand. And I pray your richest blessings upon them. I pray, God, for strength. I pray, God, that you would help them to increase their faith in the middle of their doubt. I pray, God, that you'll give them healing for their pain. I pray, God, that you will just bless them richly and immensely in this moment. And let them know, God, you are there. You are with them. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You said you'd go with us even to the end. And I pray that for each one right now, Father. God, I pray not only that, but I pray when they get on the other side of it and they look back, they will see you were there all the time and how you gave them victory through even facing devastating losses. Bless them, Jesus. Favor them, Jesus. Make your face shine upon them, dear Lord. I want to tell you that Jesus went through the pain and suffering for you. And if you're not a Christian today, that's how much he loves you. He didn't go to the cross because he just wanted to go and suffer. He went because he loved you. And he wanted to do the will of his heavenly father. And so today, if you're here and you don't know Christ in, the, in your heart and you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, that's why you're here today. God wants to do a mighty work in your heart, and he wants to save you right where you're at. He wants to give you his Holy Spirit to lead you, and he wants a relationship with you. So if that's you today, I just ask you, as Christians are praying and people are, have their heads down, you're praying. If that's you today, and the Lord is knocking on your heart's life right now, would you just lift your hand up, shoot your hand up real quick and say, that's me today. I feel him knocking on my heart. Just lift your hand real high and say, that's me today. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else, just lift your hand real high and say, that's me, Pastor. I need to make the Lord the Lord of my life. Because if the Lord is not Lord of your life, he's not Lord at all in your life. Anyone else, just lift your hand. Shoot, shoot your hand up real quick. Say, yes, that's me. I want to pray today. I want to pray to receive Jesus as Lord. All right, Christians, would you pray as we pray? Those of you that lifted your hands, just pray to the Lord Jesus and just let him know. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to invite you in my life. I open my heart to you. Thank you for touching my heart and let me know that you're real you're true and you're faithful tell him say Lord I believe in you and I want to make you Lord of my life I ask you Lord to forgive me of my sins and I ask you to save my soul I want to be born again in Jesus name 
save me, my life is yours. Peace of Almighty God when you're convicted of your sins and the peace comes in your heart. Now you know that you're God's child. Just tell him that. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart and forgiving me of my sins. He's going to give you the power of his Holy Spirit to be with you and to go with you. Even when you feel like you're the minority, you and God are the majority. Thank him for that as he gives you his spirit right now. What I want you to do, those of you that lifted your hand, I want you to make sure to be able to let us know. And I'll tell you how to do that in just a minute so we can help you in your walk with God. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're with us no matter what we face. And we thank you most of all because of Jesus, something better is coming. So we lift our hearts and our minds and our souls to you in praise and adoration that you're with us. You never leave us. You're always with us despite what we face, and we love you. In Jesus' name, we all say, let's give him praise, church, all right? All right, now, I want to go into a time of, of giving, but also, as we do, um, i got a, something to tell you, so please don't take off something very, I'm about to show you a video in just a minute after the offering, but this is very important, um, something I want to share with you. Um, but with that being said, we're going to go into time of giving. I want to say thank you for those of you that faithfully give to Freedom Church. And we want to be good stewards of that to reach people to know God. That's why we exist as a church. So thank you for those of you that do that. You can do that a myriad of different ways uh, on our app or website. You can, do it on, you can do it out on the kiosk out in the lobby. Uh, you can also do it tangibly as you leave with the ushers at the door. But I'm going to pray over it in just a minute. If you're here today and you gave your life to Christ, take a connection card out of the back of the seat and fill that out. And let us know that. Let, give us a contact. We'll follow up with you. Talk about your decision for Christ. Most important decision you'll ever make because your decision always determines your destiny. So we want to help you with that. And that's an amazing thing. This, today is your day, April 24, 2020. Uh, also, if you're here and you're brand new, we call you VIPs. And we're thankful that you are here. You're a very important person that we love. And most of all, God does. If you would, take a card out of the back of the seat. Fill it out as much as you feel comfortable with. Take it out the info desk. And they're going to give you a gift to say thank you to commemorate this day of you being here and we hope and pray that you'll give us a three-peat give us about three Sundays here see if you like our church and you want to land here uh, we'd appreciate that very much if not we'll help you find the church of your liking because we want you to have a church family it's very very important but other than that I'm going to pray over the offering right now and then right after I pray over the offering they're going to start a video and please cast your eyes to the side screen okay father we love you we praise you and we honor you and we thank you for this amazing day we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. We thank you for the blessings of this life, especially the tangible resources you give us. Today, we give back to you, uh, not because we just want to further the kingdom alone, but that, God, we want to partake together as a church family to reach people to know you. And through our obedience uh, to be able to obey your word, we get to do that. So use it for your glory and your honor, and we praise you. And in Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Check out the side screens. I say if Clay can, you can. Why do I say that? How many of you, if you didn't know that I was a professional angler, how many of you saw him 27 years ago, 30 years ago, around when I was born? If you looked at me, being born in the shape I was in, how many of you would look at me and say, that dude's going to be a pro fisherman. He's got a half arm. He's going to be able to fish without using any special equipment. How many of you would say that, honestly? Hardly none of you. You know how many people out of my hometown of 8,000 people in Hamilton said I was crazy? 
Well, I told him I was going to be a pro angler. A bunch of them. They said, you have lost your ever-loving mind. Praise God. 18 years later, I'm on the top level of the tour. I've got some of the most awesome partners in the industry backing me and my family to enable us to live our dream. How have I got here? I got here because of two reasons. Number one, because I put my faith in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when I was 18 years old. And when God speaks it, it's going to happen. When God wills for it to happen, there's nothing you can do to stop it. And that's a good thing, because when God told me I could be a professional angler, and I prayed and gave him the praise, honor, and glory, and I said, God, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. What does it say in his scripture? It says that he will grant you desires your heart when you give him praise, honor, and glory. All right, Clay Dyer is going to be here on this stage on Friday night, May 6th. We're going to be having a uh, Friday night. It's going to be barbecue dinner for everybody who wants to come. Tell your friends, your family about it. Uh, you can get, they're going to put up, I think we're going to put up a QR code. You can be able to hand it out last week, but you can get the barbecue dinner. You can also find out about if you've got no guys and gals at Bass Fish. We're going to be having a bass tournament with him the next day on Old Hickory Lake. He's asked me to fish with him, which I'm very intimidated because I can barely tie my my baits with my hands and he does it with his teeth so I have no room to complain on that day so with that being said he's going to be here invite your friends your family people you know outside the church he'll be here on Friday night going to have the tournament and we'll have the great barbecue dinner going to be door prizes he's bringing stuff to give away he is a great man of God and he loves the Lord and he would love to love on you guys and meet you so if you would let people know about that we'd appreciate it very much other than that next week I'm going to talk about how that God does sometimes we feel like he doesn't answer our prayers I'm going to talk about that next week but remember after the next service off the heels of it we're going to have food trucks out here and we're going to have all kinds of carnival rides and games for the whole family and especially for your kids. Uh, go and hang out for a little while and come back. Other than that, God bless you. Thank you for being here. We'll see you out there. Love you.